Trash Cinema. Hey everybody, welcome to Trash Cinema, episode 97, I think, or 98, I'll have to look. Um, I'm your host, Michael Kurz, he's on the other side. Hey, what's up everybody? Uh, Cyberpunk. Huh. Yeah, I sort of. kind of regret that I chose this. <laughs> well, there's a lot of cyber <laughs> movies, dude. The 90s boom uh, put out a lot of studio garbage, and guess what? About a million direct-to-video rip-offs, and looking through the list, I tried to choose carefully. Um, this is the only one I think that really doesn't have that much redeeming value. I know it was a hit at the time, and I know you didn't like the sequel, but I thought it was so fucking ridiculous and absurd and cheap that it was somehow better, and I don't know how. <laughs> See, no, that's that's funny that you say that, because right after I saw Lawnmower Man... I was like, this is so terrible that I'm, like, excited to see the sequel because, like, it can't get worse. Yes, but did it get worse in a better way, but in a more entertaining way? No? Yes? Uh, In some parts. Uh, I don't know. Like, if if I had to choose, I'd probably watch the second one again. The uh, the first one was a massive hit, considering horror movies in 1992 were dead. Dead as a doornail. So this is a combination of sci-fi and horror and, and CGI, and this was like a thing that would run for the next three or four years. Um, originally titled Stephen King's A Lawnmower Man until he sued them and said, take my fucking name off this thing because <laughs> there's only one line in my book that is in this movie. And uh, so yeah. I think if I remember correctly... They kept it in theaters despite the court ruling, and they had to pay $25,000 a day or something like that. And they're like, look, we're making more than that. Let's, let's just deal with a lawsuit. And uh, when it Which came out, un- yeah. So it's unfortunate because Stephen King is, ki- is kind of a fame horror these days. That, like, if this movie came out today, he would totally be in favor of having his name on it because, like, he just loves having his name on everything now. Yeah, it's uh, well. This is this is one of those stories that was optioned before he was a name in the seventies. Uh, before he really broke it big with Salem's Lot and The Shining and Carrie and all that, uh, a lot of his stuff was short stories from magazines and and like Playboy and stuff like that. Oh, well, that's a magazine too, I guess technically, um, and anthology books. And so they were sold off not by him but by the publisher of those early stories before he could exercise better rights. And so uh, tons of this stuff during the boom of Stephen King during the uh, last half of the 80s, early 90s, is stuff that he had no control over. And Lawnmower Man is definitely one of those. Yeah. I would... This. How do you feel about Stephen <coughs> King movies in general? About Stephen King movies in general? Yes. Um, I, you know what? It, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, like answer about, like, how he feels about Hollywood films. Like they make just enough good movies that they don't have to apologize for themselves. I feel like this is the same way. It's like, he's got like a lot of, he's got some good classics under his belt, like enough that I'm okay with it. Yeah. It's, I think the quality control is better now than it was then when you had like all these indie studios just grabbing whatever they could with his name on it to make a hit. For sure. Yeah. Children of the corn. Anybody? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I like Children of the Corn. Do you? Do you like it better than Lawnmower Man? I, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, I, I have it on Blu-ray. I have the Arrow edition, which is like the high end. They did a very, very good job. It's fine, and we're going to discuss it on our spinoff um, mm-hmm. video fright uh, coming up. Uh, so we have three. Yeah, this is episode 98 because I scheduled it out. So this is 98, July is 99, 100 is August, and then we're going to launch video fright in September. Nice. 
And um, we'll we'll start off. If you don't know, we're going to start off with movies, horror movies in 1980, which is really the horror boom where everything exploded. Um, So I'm going to admit now that the front end of it is going to be heavily early 80s. And then as the 80s taper Mm -hmm. off, we're not going to have that much to choose from that we haven't already done. And then the 90s is just a barren fucking wasteland. There's hardly anything in the 90s. I, yeah, I mean, like, what do you got? Like, shitty fucking sequels to uh, horror franchises like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, but we've already done those. Yeah, so but there's there. a lot of direct-to-video stuff in there that I'm interested in exploring that I haven't seen in forever. But if you want to talk about the horror uh, sci-fi boom, in the 90s we had Ghost in the Machine and Man's Best Friend. Um, I feel like there's a couple others in there where they tried to combine uh, technology with horror. Uh Mm-hmm. And Lawnmower Man's kind of the launching point of that. There was Nine Seconds of Six Evil, though. That kind of had a, a little bit of that in there. Um, mm-hmm. But this is so absurd, with such serious uh, intent, I think. Brett Leonard, this was his uh, first movie, and he would end up doing Virtuosity and the really, really shitty man thing. But I think his intention was there to make it a serious, respected film and exploring a new world that was just becoming a thing. Oh, the internet and cyberspace and all this stuff. But it's done in I'm, such a weird, sloppy fashion, and none of it is believable. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm willing to go as far as to say I think the premise is a good idea. And I, I it, if, if you were to just take the plot points of the movie and just, uh, just explain that or distill this movie, which apparently... I guess the uncut version is like two and a half hours. Yeah, I have it's it. Crazy. I bought it. I, that's that is no nuts. It's excessive. It's so excessive. None of it matters. And I was like going, dear God, end this movie. And I look at it. It's an hour in. And I'm like, oh God, I got an hour and five minutes left to go. Why is this still going? This is ridiculous. And this is a movie that I watched a ton when it came out. Um, <laughs> I believe it opened up against another Stephen King movie called Sleepwalkers. And it was playing both at the theater where I was watching Wayne's World. And nobody else wanted to see Lawnmower Man. I was so bummed. I caught it on video and I, I bootlegged it. VCR to VCR. Um, yeah, it's not good. Though I saw it 50 times probably as a teenager. How, how are you, like, an okay, you know? I don't know. I think it's because I was so fascinated by CGI. Not so much the movie itself. I think Pierce Brosnan does what he can with what he's given. Oh, my God, he's trying. Yeah, he's yeah. trying so hard, but I am embarrassed for Jeff Fahey, who has been good in other movies, but he plays this mm. so embarrassing. Uh, Job, of course, is supposed to be simple, but he plays them in such a ridiculous fashion. I just cringed for most of the movie. Yeah, I really did not know what he was going for. It was it was really bad. Whenever he says the word Cybo Man, I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, this is gonna get bad. The uh, so like the basic the, the sorry, but like the basic premise of the movie is something that's been done in other movies better. I think Chronicle is kind of the same kind of kind of premise if you distill it down, where it's just like the unlikely person uh, who is given this ability uh, and can use that for good, but ends up turning evil. Like there, there is kind of this, uh, like anti-hero story in there that I think is compelling, but 
its execution is just terrible. How are they supposed to rewire his brain using that stuff? The the drugs and the I, the drugs I kind of get, but using the cyberspace and the machine that just spins him in a circle. How the fuck does that help? Oh, the gyroscope. Oh. oh my god. The 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 monkey being thrown in there. Oh my god. That like when I first saw that the this the opening scene with the monkey, I was like, I hope this is the whole movie because I'm kind of digging how ridiculous this is. Because the the monkey's got like the 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 shield down over his eyes, he looked like a, a judge dread. <laughs> having so so much fun making jokes about that, and then you know, like immediately in the first three minutes, he's dead. And I was like, oh man, I could have just went. I could have went a whole hour and a half making jokes about it. But the um, uh, oh damn it, I hate. It. I had it in my head, but I looked at something on Wikipedia and it erased completely. Damn it! But um, wow, I cannot believe the idea just left my head. This sucks. <laughs> But I was just Jeff Fahey had a moment where he could have been more of a lead, and I think he has the skills. But give him this crazy ass hair, and I give him credit for doing something daring, I guess, because at the time he was considered a handsome leading man. And uh, well, he sure plays Psycho well. When he when he does does the flip halfway through, that's where it's more interesting to me. It is, yeah. The, I would. It's more interesting, but it's still bad. Oh, no, it's still terrible. Oh, I, oh, no, I remember what I was going to say. So the director's cut, it, it chops out a half-hour subplot. So Job, mm-hmm. uh, you know how he works for the lawn company or whatever, and uh, his, his boss is uh, Jeffrey Lewis, who is um, yeah. uh, one of those guys who just character actors you see everywhere. But uh, there's a subplot where they actually work for the church, and he lives at the church. And the preacher there just tortures him he whips him and he punishes him cusses at him slaps him and tells him everything is the work of satan he can't read comic books he can't hang out with these people whatever and that's a whole big chunk of the movie that was taken out and then he has sex with that girl and then he's condemned for it and then he gets revenge on the preacher so all of that was yanked out of the movie yeah i would say the only part actually no that that's in the original one that's the one i watched yeah, um, but this was way, way longer. I mean, they oh, showed that for maybe going. No, Holy there it's like a half hour of footage just based around the preacher, not not five minutes. Oh my god! Well, like the only part of the movie that I was what that I was kind of into, other than the hilarious monkey shooting people, uh, Judge Dread monkey, um, was that scene where he gets like revenge on the priest. I thought like the 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 way it was shot was really cool with the the, the stained glass. Yeah, uh, behind him and like the echoey booming voice uh, I thought was really effective for that particular scene because you know it, it has obviously like his voice booming has kind of like this satanic quality to it against and he's like you know fighting his demons and he's uh, you know slaying God or whatever like he's become, he's becoming his own God or whatever I thought that part was really interesting and then he killed the priest with really bad CGI fire effects or something <laughs> And then it completely ruined the whole scene. The uh, the end where he's basically downloaded his brain to cyberspace and he leaves himself behind. And mm-hmm. that's when they really show off what they were able to do with CGI back then. And it's impressive for what they could do in 1992, but it's kind of laughable now. It more looks like a cartoon that was on Saturday morning. I mean, there's an entire episode of Community that makes fun of this. So. Oh, is there? I haven't seen I have the whole series. I haven't got around to watching more than season one. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's it's all the way in season six oh, okay. uh, when Keith David is introduced. Um, he is actually funny. Keith David, uh, his, his his character was like a 
uh, a consultant on Lawnmower Man, and so like his VR equipment that the school buys is it has like that Lawnmower Man aesthetic. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but I remember like this is the thing that ended up in video games, and they would always show off these special effects. And the only thing I remember from it now that I use on a regular basis—I shit you not—I use this phrase on a regular basis. Whenever I can't use something at work, some electronic equipment. I always go, access denied, access denied, access denied, access denied, access denied. <laughs> People are like, what are you doing? <laughs> I guess you haven't seen Law of Norman. Never mind. Yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah. And uh, the sequel, this is one that they, they were pushing for for a long time, but they could never find the right people, and they, they never actually did find the right people. Um, but oh, they hold, had... hold on. I just need to point something. I need to yeah. point something out because it was driving me insane trying to comprehend this scene. Um, maybe because if you've seen the whole thing, maybe there's something that I missed. But uh, you remember the scene where Pierce Brosnan uh, go uh, had, like his um, the neighbors drive him to the lab where Jeff Fahey is. Uh huh. Okay, two things. One uh, was there some kind of like secret romance between him and the wife? Like, I, I, I believe there was. I, mean, I just watched it like two weeks ago, and I already forgot most of it. But I do believe there's a whole other thing. The the wife, or yeah, right, the little kid, the Austin O'Brien's character. Um, right, because because Pierce Brosnan's character, I think, was already married at this point, and they never resolved. I mean, they had like an unsatisfying relationship because he was working so much, but they never like resolved that plot. Yeah, so in confused. in the director's cut, I feel like they do wrap up their story. She finally is sick and tired of him being so obsessed with his work, and she leaves him. And then he does become not so much romantically involved, becomes attached to the little boy, and then his mother, and then they, they become. <laughs> this, the way you said that just kind of was was hilarious. Well, I meant it like the you, thing, you was... know, he they absorb each other, they become one giant beast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's that. I kind of just assumed that because you know they didn't explain it, so you you kind of have to just make assumptions here and there. The one thing that really confused me was that he told the kid and the mom to stay there while he goes into the lab himself. Uh-huh. And then in about two minutes later, the mom fell asleep and the kid snuck out of the car and went into the lab. Uh, was, was she really that bored that she just fell asleep when, like, the world is ending and people are blowing up? Well, uh, if I, there's, a, there's a deleted scene where she reveals she has narcolepsy. And I'm just totally fucking with you. Uh, no, are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but, um... This... Okay, yeah, sorry. It's just, yeah, I that's just, a, no, it's okay. I should have jumped ahead so much. It drove me nuts. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Is the world ending boring you, ma'am? What the fuck? <laughs> but the sequel is so confounding, so confusing. And I remember they were talking for a long time, working with Neil Gaiman. Gaiman? I don't know how you say his last name. But he Gaiman. was going to write a two and three, and they were going to shoot at the same time. And they still have the script sitting around somewhere. Because I remember after part two tanked, they were like, well, we'll do direct-to-video versions of three and four, which would be from Neil Gaiman's script. And he's like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Just I don't want to be even involved. Yeah. I, I, I can't picture Neil Gaiman's being partially responsible for the second movie. That doesn't make sense. Well, I'm guessing they paid him a lot of money because when I looked at the budget for the first movie, it was $10 million. The second movie, which looks way cheaper, cost $15 million. I'm guessing $5 million of that went to Neil Gaiman. 
Well, I mean, like, I, I just, like, the script just does not seem like his work. No, that no, 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 no. Well, it's, it's not his. It's like a kid's movie. No, no, it's not. Oh. They, they, they still own his script. It's sitting in some vault. They never actually use it. Oh. They ended up tossing it away and using uh, a Farhead man who I think worked on the first one, but he was more of, like, an indie guy who kind of was rising up. And he wrote a script that was more future-oriented. This is the thing. is I'm having a hard time believing that the normal everyday world of the first movie will become a Blade Runner world in just like six years. Uh, yeah, that was the weird thing too. Because uh, it picks up literally where the last movie is left off. So the, bas- the basic plot of this one is that I guess one of the soldiers that was killed or... Uh, was severely injured uh, in the explosion in the lab in the first movie. Uh, they, they like basically hack into his brain, which they never established. They really had the ability to like hack into people's brains in the first one. I mean, that was kind of the point was that like they were trying to figure out how to do that and how to manipulate um, certain neurons and shit like that. But now they have the ability to do like text speech into someone's brain. So like even though you're in a coma, they can they can like type on a computer. It was weird. Yeah, it's not so one anyway, of the soldiers like, though. I want to say already... it's not one of the soldiers. Okay. That is Job. They found Job in the building, and his brain is stuck in the computer. So he's kind of a vegetable, and they save him. But because of the accident, his his uh, legs were destroyed. But they find a bullshit way of. I mean, it's the only thing they could do. They couldn't get Jeff Fahey back. What they did was. Uh, say that his face was damaged in the fire, so that's why he has no hair, and they had to do facial reconstruction. That's why he looks different. Are you are you, are you serious? Yes, that was supposed to be the same guy. Yep. I, okay, because like the whole time, I thought like when they like when they hooked him up to a computer to like figure out what's going on, that's how like Job like hacked into the guy's brain or whatever and just took over his body. That was Job the whole. Yes, and what doesn't make any sense, and I, I've seen this movie a few times, and I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, so Job is online creating his own cyber world and, and controlling everything, so that's where his brain is. But at the same time, halfway through this movie, Job becomes – like his brain reactivates and he starts talking and he, he's manipulating the computers in the real world. How is that possible unless his mind online duplicated itself like it did a copy? And that's still working while his mind went back into his own body. Like, he hacked into his own mind and, and got back in. I, I guess. I don't know why we're thinking so hard about this. I don't know. I mean, like, in the, in the first movie, literally his body, like, decomposes or something. <laughs> when he's in the gyroscope, his head, like, comes off. Like, I don't, like, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> I, had to, I had to redo that. I know, I, I know. To, and now, and the only person yeah. that comes back from the cast is Austin O'Brien. And the only reason that is is because... For one minute, Austin O'Brien was hot shit. He was cast in Last Action Hero as a smart-ass little kid, and everybody thought he was going to be a future Mm, star. So he got signed to a few more movies. So he's the only one who repeats himself in in, in the series. And uh, and he's the the kid from the first movie. Yeah. And um, Pierce Brosnan is not in this movie. Now, the first time I saw this, I got so confused because I thought... That Patrick Bergen's character, the hippie scientist, was Patrick. Or, 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 God, I'm getting all the names confused now. Pierce Brosnan. And I thought That's they just. That's what re- I thought too. Yeah, I, I thought was, they recast. So I was yeah. trying to figure it out. I was like, who else could this possibly be? Yeah, and it feels like they were trying to. I think they originally wrote this for Pierce Brosnan, 
and that because yeah, of because what... they had established that Job had some kind of connection with this guy. Yeah, and that and he, I went know into... he doesn't have the accent or anything, but we can kind of assume that it it might be the same guy, but they're so different. But yeah, he, he well, which is ironic since on. they're both Irish. Yeah, but but it, it seems like like I can see how his character uh, after losing Job and the whole thing goes horribly wrong would lose his faith in, in, in science and, and in himself. And then just go off to some, yeah. you know, in the middle of nowhere and become like a new age hippie kind of guy. And they must, I, this is, this came out around the same time as Goldeneye. And I think that's what's, what happened was Pierce Brosnan was attached mm-hmm. to Goldeneye. He was the yeah. new James Bond. And they're like, shit. <laughs> yeah, now he's going to cost like $20 million to put this Yeah. Movie, so. and, and, what they should have done was cast somebody who looked completely, if you're going to redo the character, have someone who looks completely different, has a different personality, and, 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 and make sure it's clear who is who. I mean, they had no problem doing it with Job. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, now his performance, I love Matt Frewer because he's so over-the-top and cartoonish. He was great. Yeah, he he doesn't embarrass himself the same way that Jeff Fahey does. And he looks like he's having a blast. See, that's like his performance is the only reason why I, I like this one more than the first one. Yeah. And like, it's, if the movie was just him, it would be amazing. But it's, yeah. it's like it's kind of a it's kind of a kids movie in a weird way. It is because they focus more on the the, the, the hackers uh, with the kids, the kid from the first movie, and all his friends. It, it, so it is more. Is this even R? I don't think this is R because the first one was R rated, and I think this one's PG thirteen. Well, there there is a, there is an F bomb. Well, you can do one F bomb. You can do one F bomb for a PG thirteen. Yeah. But I, I would say the action is a little faster. They come up with some interesting ideas like the cyber bikes, and they go into that world and stuff like that. So I think it's more adventure-oriented than terror-oriented, than like the first it one. It has a little more Tron vibe going on. Yeah, it, it definitely is more adventure kids-based, which um, I almost wonder what Neil Gaiman had planned. I think that was the problem. Is He probably wanted to go more cerebral. And more character based than adventure based, and maybe that New Line Cinema sense. got nervous and said, because this was originally supposed to be a summer release. This was supposed to be August of 1991 is when this came out, but they decided to push it back to January, I think 10th, which is a dumping ground, and it made 2.4 million. The first one made 34 million. <laughs> That's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, one I forgot one detail about the first one that they actually kind of predicted well was how uh, VR headsets would look. I mean the gyroscope is stupid, but yeah. the headsets actually look pretty pretty similar to the ones that I to the one that I have. So. And, and that was a fit and start because during the nineties they assumed everybody would be in cyberspace with those with those on. And like Johnny Mnemonic yeah. would do it, Disclosure would do it, uh, I'm trying to remember the other one. Um, I'm I'm doing it. Uh, yeah, but it VR. took <laughs> so much longer because I think it was those movies didn't do very well and then they introduced the virtual Game Boy which bombed and it was too expensive oh, yeah, to really yeah. go and do it at a, you know, like some of the VR places they had at the time. So virtual reality kind of died off for a while. And then five years ago is when it really just had a boom. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of the Wild West now with VR. It's it's kind of it's exhilarating because like everybody is making their own VR games. Yeah. And so well, like there there's just there's like no quality control right now for VR gaming. So uh-huh. it's it's really you really gotta watch out. The it's it's like any new technology. First, it is always the Wild West, and then it will trim down. But two, every new thing in technology seems to be driven by one major component, and it's called porn. <laughs> and then oh, it, then it came out VR porn. This oh. <laughs> with the Dude, you gotta you gotta look up okay you gotta look up uh steam vr or whatever and just look at like the top selling games it's, it, it's porn uh, it figures it's, it's porn. that's why blu-ray took off why dvd took off why vhs was more successful than beta porn 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 why the internet becomes so widely spread with such a wide uh, bandwidth because people want to stream porn to their computers instead of going to a store yeah makes me yeah I'm, I'm a little proud. Proud to be an American. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is it for those two. I, I say the second one is, they're both terrible, but the second one is yep. a fun terrible. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's, a, it's fun terrible. I like the new Jeff Fahey character, what, Lawnmower Man, whatever, whatever the fuck that character's name was. I can't even remember. Job! That. Joe, well, I thought I just said that like three minutes ago, and I already forgot. Yeah, okay. that's how desperate my mind is to forget this. Now I, I gotta tell you right now, <laughs> you're already gonna, putting in new space. I'm gonna throw some Matt Frewer at you because he's one of my favorite underrated actors. And uh, have you ever seen The Stand, the miniseries from 1994? Uh, no, I, didn't they just recently do a new one? I I don't think it's out yet, but yes, they are doing a new one. But he plays a crazy okay. obsessed. Uh, uh, a firebug, basically. He loves to set things on fire, and he steals a nuclear bomb and takes it to Satan, and he's like, his skin's melting off because of the radiation, and he's like, bombsy bomb, bombsy bomb. That's my favorite saying. He just, he's so nuts. <laughs> that sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. I really want to see this now. Have you ever seen? Have you ever even heard of Generation X? It was a New Mutant spinoff in the '90s from Marvel Comics. It maybe is this um. Uh, this X Men, yeah, it's it's there. It's the school, the Xavier School, when they were younger. But uh, it was so popular for a couple years that Fox commissioned a TV movie for it and trying to launch a TV series. And it's so campy, it's so outrageous, it's so 1996. And Matt Frewer is the villain, and he is chewing the scenery with barbecue sauce. Uh, it's called. This is uh, this is called Gen X. Yep, and I'm gonna find it. It's got to be on YouTube, and I'll I'll, I'll send it to you. Yes, please. <laughs> From the director of Freddy, uh, well, the second Nightmare on Elm Street, where uh, it's all homoerotic. Oh, sweet! I I actually looked that up. I found out that it was not an accident. Uh, oh, okay. So, so they talked. That was a controversy for a while because they didn't know if it was. But um, yeah, there's a documentary, Never Sleep Again, where they talk about it. It's great. Okay, so we got two episodes left. What are we going to pick? I don't All know. Right. We'll go off air and uh, discuss it later. All right, sounds good. All right, everybody, have a good night. Check us out on Facebook under Video Night Podcast. It's, we are the spinoff. And, Kersey, thank you again for another great episode. I can't talk this fast. I'll pass out. <laughs> All right, stay trash, everybody. Do-do, boom, boom. <laughs>